brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. The path to Mount Doom is treacherous. Split off from the rest of his party, the noble Aragorn makes his way around the craggy side of the mountain. Wiping sweat from his brow, Aragorn looks ahead at the struggle that lies before him. He finds a patch of flat land to take a breath before continuing. And it is then that swooping out of the sky, the massive gargoyle Goliath drops down to the same patch of flat land to investigate this stranger. Aragorn, not aware of the gargoyle's true intentions, draws his sword and doesn't wait for a conversation. It's the Fellowship versus the Manhattan Clan. It's Strider versus Glider. It's Aragorn versus Goliath. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Cavs, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. In today's episode, we are going medieval. In one corner, you have the ultra-popular Aragorn, who saved the realms in Lord of the Rings, versus Goliath, the leader of the Gargoyles, who made Disney take some really dark turns in animation way back in the 90s. As usual, I did the patented Hoodwin Google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed. Now... I was actually really sure no one had discussed this battle before. It's kind of interesting, kind of different. I, I was really sure, I wasn't insanely sure. However, on page one of a Google search in the very first entry, 
was an ad for Comixology, one of our great sponsors. But the very next listing was for a fan site discussing this exact fight. And just like almost no every online discussion. Yeah, no joke. But you know, here's the thing, right? Just like every fan site that has these online discussions about who would win this character versus the other one, it didn't even come close to a resolution finding winner or anything. So today we are writing yeah, that wrong. We're finding someone who's winning this battle. I got to find out what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm excited for today's matchup. You know, I, these are two characters who I enjoy very much. I mean, starting with Goliath, I was a big fan of nineties Disney animation and you're right. Gargoyles is a very dark show. It had a lot of star Trek, the next generation, cast members in it. I don't know if you're going to hit on that later, but um, a lot of Star Trek actors in it, which means that you know it's going to be very, very good. And Goliath himself, Keith David is the voice. Uh, I'm probably spoiling all of your stuff right now, but that's okay because I don't care. He's a great, he's a very talented actor, a big fan of his. And then you got Aragorn, obviously, the incomparable Viggo Mortensen, a star of one of my favorite weird movies, Eastern Promises. Google the end of that movie, kids. My point I'm trying to make here is that uh, Viggo's great. And uh, Aragorn's great. I love his story. I love, you know, his becoming the, the ranger, the king, fighting the monsters with the ghosts. Look, Lord of the Rings is great. Who are we kidding? So this battle is going to live up to its potential, I have to believe. I, I actually agree with you 100% on that. You know, before we kind of get to this fight, I want to talk about something that our really amazing fan base, the Legion of Audience, did a couple of weeks ago on Facebook. I just love what, what people do. In this case, Ray, I think you know what I'm talking about. They put you and I into separate hypothetical matchups. Um, I was putting a yeah, fight it was weird. with Goldberg. It was, weird. It, was, it was weird, but it was great. I loved it. I was putting a fight with Goldberg, the wrestler, with a ton of really cool comments that came. Uh, vast majority of people thinking I would win. By the way, a ton, on another episode, I do have a little background with not necessarily Goldberg, but the MMA team he was sponsoring at the time back in Atlanta when I was living there. It was a whole thing. So that was really cool. You were also put in a debate up against John McClain. That was really cool. You had um, three comments. And even one of those comments, by the way, had you as the winner. So that right. there's that. That was pretty cool. But this yeah, but got I think me that thinking, was me. Right? So That was you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to help you out here, Ray. Look, this got me thinking. We've talked about this before, and my mind always goes there. Who in comics... Ray, do you think you could beat? Because I got, I've got a list of people I think I could actually legit beat if these characters came to life and I was in a room with them. I think I could actually beat them in a fight and a who would win match. But Ray, who do you think ultimately you could take on from geek culture, from comic sci-fi, wherever it was? Who do you think you could take on in a fight and win? That's tough. There's a lot of very, very difficult characters who these superheroes have trouble beating. Uh, if I was to go down and pick somebody, I would have to say, I think I could take Professor Xavier if he was <laughs> asleep. <laughs> like you're waiting until he's asleep. Then I shove him right over and claim victory. Oh, that's all you'll do. So you'll just like push him over so he... Well, I mean, you, you know. can't do more than that. Like he's an old guy, you know. That's true. That, that you'd be Heinous. a jerk. If you did that. Heinous things you're suggesting, James. That's <laughs> where it's where my my mind goes. Look, that's interesting. Look, I'm just going to put it out there. This might uh, get some people talking in a weird way, but um, I actually think I could take on and beat Kylo Ren. I'm not even kidding. I actually, I'm not. Even, I'd bet a million dollars I would beat Kylo Ren in a fight. That's Kylo Ren with force powers and a lightsaber, um, I'll go in with no weapons. I think I am that confident I could crush that fool. Now, if Darth Vader shows up, I'm running for my life. Kylo Ren, so I am absolutely smashing. It's because I don't like Kylo Ren, Ray. I don't know if you could tell. 
still upset and I bitter. I know you don't like those. Kylo Ren, but all he asks, all he's gonna do is just stick his hand out and you get defeated. Like I don't understand that, James. That's terrible. You'd get to, not only would you lose that match, you'd feel really bad about it afterwards. I highly recommend against it. Okay, first of all, Race to Canis, if that is your real name. Uh, he's going to come at me with a with a lightsaber. I've used weapons forever and trained with swords and all that kind of stuff. I am disarming that fool super quick, putting that lightsaber back into him. Force choking me? Please. I'm stronger than that. It's not going to work. Again, I don't like Kylo Ren. Here's the thing. I You'd actually like your approach. you trouble with Jar Jar Binks. What are we talking about right now? Are you kidding me? With Jar Jar, really? If Jar Jar Binks came in a room with you and he starts talking, like that would kill your brain quicker than Professor X could ever do it. Look, if, that's Jar Jar, pushing him over. if Jar Jar Binks walked into a room with me, I would start screaming horrified because he is a, an upsetting looking monster I don't want existing in my reality. It'd be like a Cthulhu nightmare come to life. You're describing exactly what happened when I walked into the room the first time we met. That is hurtful, Ray. And it's true, uh, it's true, I, I, yeah, it's true. It's true. It was weird. Um, okay, let's see what our judge has to say about all of this because we've got a great judge yet again for the Hoodwind sure Show. Do. Making their second, we, he's amazing. Making their second appearance on the Hoodwind Show. You know him as Lestrade from Lupin the Third. APs from Ranking of Kings. Ronzo from Beyblade Burst. You know who it is. Is Luis Bermudez. Luis, welcome back to Who Would Win. Hello. It is I, Luis. Thank you for having me, guys. It is you, Luis. Listen, last time you were here, you had the <laughs> massive responsibility of doing a one of probably our, at least one of our top five biggest matches of all time of oh, yeah. uh, Thanos versus Darkseid. Sure. You came up a little short in that battle, but I still was impressed by your How judging. Dare you? you did great. Mm. I know you did do great, but you know it's like uh, coming in second place in the World Championships. Awesome. Better luck next time. And here you are. Listen, Luis. Oh, um, before we kind of get into it. Tell everyone, because you do a lot of great work, tell our fan base, Legion of Audience, what you're up to these days. Man, uh, so much. And that was also the nicest like feed into a line I've ever been insulted with as well from somebody who couldn't spell 10 seconds ago. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Call back. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Um, and I've been very busy. Uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff. I've been doing a lot of anime. Um, I just hit 50 credits on IMDb, something I'm very, very proud Congratulations. of. Congratulations. Um, awesome. Thank you. Thank you, man. But yeah, if, if, if you guys want to know what I'm doing, you can, uh, just Google me. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. You can find my stuff if you really, really care. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've been I've been riding the wave and enjoying where I'm at, man. It's been great. <laughs> I love the uh, the how humble you are. Let me be your spokesperson for a second, if I may. Sure, sure, um, sure. You are amazing, fantastic. You are not someone who's been doing this for you know 20 to 30 years. You you picked this up fairly recently, isn't that correct? Yeah, this is uh, this is my third year now. Yeah, I'm I'm very fortunate, very lucky. I've, I've been working really hard, but uh, I'm, I'm mostly lucky. <laughs> Again, that's uh, let me just be your spokesperson. Uh, Luis is that good, <laughs> is what we're trying to say. Where in only three years, he's now one of the industry greats with over fifty credits on IMDb. Oh, I feel man. like I'm just reading your tale of the tape here, but no, seriously, I think guys, uh, because you're very talented and you're also oh, a great thanks, guy, man. can easily see a lot of people want to work with you. So uh, congratulations, and Thank we you, only man. see uh, greater and greater things happening for you now. More yeah. importantly than all of that, we talked before the show uh -huh. about hypothetical fight with a character from geek culture, sci-fi, fantasy, and what have you, that you feel you could beat in a fight. So I said who I would absolutely destroy in a fight. Uh, mm -hmm. Ray mentioned Professor X. Who do you think, and who do you, would you want to fight if you could, and then absolutely beat in a hypothetical matchup? I feel like if you asked me this question five years ago, my answer would be f much more, uh, <laughs> much more uh, certain. Definitely not Goliath or Aragorn. Those guys are trained. They're pretty dangerous. badass. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, although Goliath is body goals for sure. Yeah. Man, Squirrel Girl. Wait, I would. What? I would put her through. She would be unrecognizable. Wait, Squirrel Girl who who beat Doctor Doom and Galactus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know what's funny? Uh, I've thought about saying dumb. Squirrel Girl for mine as well. <laughs> the key is you just got to stay in frame. Is That's that true. it? That's it. As soon as you leave like the frame, it, she kicks your butt. Yeah, I just feel like given my stature and prowess, yeah. uh, it would it would be uh, it would be Hulk meeting Loki for the first time. You know, it, it just grab hold of that tail. And, <laughs> you are and a monster. I'm just saying, man. She's like a five foot. <laughs> she's got to be like 120 pounds. I mean, come on, superpowers or not? Yeah, you know. And you're just flinging her on her head side to side. Yeah, yeah. It would totally be like a Flash versus <laughs> Tobey Maguire Spider-Man situation, though. <laughs> I would absolutely get pummeled. Pummeled. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, Squirrel Girl's beaten Doctor Doom and Galactus, but you've got 50 credits on IMDb, and that counts for a right? lot in these fights. You know so what? I don't right? know. I'm kind of yeah. I'm leaning towards Luis in this. 25 credits per bicep, you know? It's Hold on. Let me just write how, that down. How, 20, 50. Yeah. To, that's true. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. That's crazy. All right. So, uh, listen, <laughs> we've got an amazing judge in Luis Bermudez. We've got Ray repping Aragorn. You've got me repping Goliath. This uh-huh. is going to be an insane matchup. With all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's fight. Representing Lord of the Rings, the king who would tell you a great Middle Earth joke, but the best ones, Aragorn. Aragorn. And representing Disney, the gargoyle who doesn't laugh much, he just stays stone-faced all day, Goliath. just want to bring up that uh, detectivery is as much of a word as the way Aragorn... We're not going to keep digging the grave. Okay, <laughs> just putting that out there. Stop um, calling back. We're six feet Patreon deep already, don't go any deeper. want to understand James's references. Yeah. <laughs> Get on Patreon, you'll, you'll be a better person. All right. Well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of Who Would Win Match, which are brought to you by Comixology, one of our great sponsors. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win Match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, I know of two versions of Aragorn that could be more. Which version are you using today? I decided to go with the one I know better because reading, ha, I'm going to go with the movie version of Aragorn <laughs> because he's the best one. Bold. It's a pretty good version. All right. Uh, in terms of Goliath, um, there is a comic book version of Goliath, which, by the way, is part of the, as far as I can tell, the official canon of the Gargoyles cartoon. So there's only one version. I'm going with that one of uh, Goliath. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are long established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of debate is whoever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. Rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch right now. Yeah, right now, while you're actually listening to this episode, it's the right thing to do. Mm 
we have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's gonna do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details 
for Aragorn. Aragorn was a ranger of the north who is later in story revealed to be the heir to the thrones of Arnor and Gondor. He first appeared in the novel The Fellowship of the Ring in 1954 and was created by J.R.R. Tolkien. As played masterfully by Viggo Mortensen on screen, Aragorn is revealed to be the true heir to the throne during his journey, taking the Fellowship of the Ring to Mordor to cast the One Ring into Mount Doom. A master fighter and leader, Aragorn embodies true heroic qualities and serves as an inspiration to all of Middle-earth. Fun fact, did you know that Aragorn was originally conceived as a hobbit? Yes, Tolkien wanted this cool ranger character to have a little flavor, so he was going to make him a hobbit named Trotter. Trotter. (laughs) But in the storylines, it kept not making sense for a hobbit to be rolling around with that ranger crew, so he changed it up to make it a man named Strider who was friends with the elves. Even the name Aragorn took a while to develop, as Tolkien first wanted to really use that name to play up the fact that he was a friend to the elves. So original names of Aragorn included Elf Stan, Elf Mir, Elf Spear, Elf World, I'm sorry, Elf Wold, Urkenbrand, and my favorite, Elf Friend. Can you imagine if his name was Elf Friend? I think there'd be riots in the streets. Anyway, I'm pretty happy he made the final choices that he did because that's Aragorn. Wasn't there like the Urken Man? Like he fixed your toilets or something? Oh, yeah. No, he got, he comes and gets uh, insects out of your house. Yeah, right. Right. Same thing. Pretty glad he didn't go with that name. Okay, well done right now. Here are the important details for Goliath. Created by writer Greg Weissman, Goliath, voiced by the iconic Keith David. Love that guy. First appeared in the Gargoyles Disney animated series back in September of 1994. In medieval Scotland, a clan of gargoyles lived together with a clan of humans in Castle Wyvern. The gargoyles protected the castle during the night, and in turn, the humans protected the gargoyles gargoyles during the day. It's a hard word to say. That is, until extremely poor relationships between the two led to a betrayal. In the end, the castle fell. Almost all of the gargoyles were also murdered, with the leader of the gargoyles, Goliath, and a small group of survivors being cursed. After spending a thousand years in an enchanted, petrified state, the gargoyles, who have been transported from medieval Scotland, are reawakened in modern-day New York City by an eccentric and somewhat nefarious billionaire and now take on roles as the city's secret nighttime protectors where Goliath tries to navigate the modern world with his ancient sense of nobility. And here's an interesting fact about Goliath. Did you know that the leader of the gargoyles and the most popular character of the show was originally supposed to be a woman? It's true. Fans love Goliath thanks to Keith David's fantastic performance. Yet he, as in Goliath, was almost a she. The original idea was for the leader of the Gargoyle clan not to be male, but to be a female named Dakota. As they worked on it, the producers felt something wasn't quite hitting with what that interpretation of the character. After a lot of thought, they changed Dakota into Goliath and made the character of Dakota into Demona, one of the main villains of the show. On a side note, Demona became so popular that she almost became a character in a proposed spin-off series from the film Atlantis to Lost Empire with a series called Team Atlantis. Not that all fell apart because Atlantis to Lost Empire horribly underperformed in the theater. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Luis, do you have any questions before we get started? I did not know that about Demona because she is one of my favorite characters. Isn't she great? She's amazing. She's amazing. She carries that show in so many scenes. I feel like I've I've got a good understanding of who these characters are. One thing I did want to mention 
Uh, I'm already running a tally and a list of of boons that I know about these characters and and, and th- what I'm calling bads, weaknesses that they have. And I'll be doing that to make my final points or to make my points once you guys kind of present stuff to me. But yeah, I think I think other than that, I've got I've got a good list going here for these boys. This is why we like having you on the show because you're a true, um, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, in all seriousness, you tally everything, right? So you're keeping track of everything. You're not recalling. Like, I think this was said. You're actually on point with your notes. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Aragorn. Let's just talk about his natural skills because Aragorn is seen as a romantic hero, which means that in the style of a romantic hero, it means that he's going to uh, age longer. He's going to be alive longer, and he's going to be more generally skilled at most things than everyone else that he's around. What does that mean? It means that he was one of the best gosh darn rangers that this world has ever seen, and this is a world with, like, wood elves in it, right? So as a ranger, he knows how to move silently. In fact, he does it without even thinking about it. There's one scene where he casually avoids stepping on dry leaves just naturally. He doesn't even have to think about it. He moves silently as a, as, as a thing he likes to do. He can also put his ear to the ground and hear the footsteps of Urukai from miles away, which means that when it comes to tracking, and not so much that Goliath is going to run and Aragorn's going to have to go after him, it's more so Goliath isn't going to be able to sneak up, he's not going to be able to go to the skies, and Aragorn's not going to lose track of him when he goes up in the sky because he's going to be able to hear the way the wind is whipping, he's going to be able to use his natural ranger skills and never really lose track of Goliath, which is an important thing for this battle because you know Goliath wants to do that swoop dive bomb from behind attack that I've seen him do before. But not only is he great at tracking in this way, he once tracked Frodo when he was invisible in a tavern where a bunch of people were. If you could ta- if you could track Frodo when he's got the ring on, you can track a six foot ten behemoth flying through the air. And he's also got a lot of natural skills as well, besides the combat ones, which I'll get into in a little bit. One of my favorite scenes from the movie is when he's holding a torch and he gets attacked by the Witch King of Angmar. The Witch King of Angmar is the boss of all of the uh, Nazgul. He's like, he's an awesome kind of uh, ghostly demonic figure. And what does Aragorn do? He's like, man, it's one-on-one versus this guy. He takes the torch, whips it at him from across like this battlefield, hits him in the face and sticks the torch in his face with a throw. The amount of strength it would take to throw a limp torch that's on fire into someone's face and have it stick in their face, he is a monstrously strong character. I would argue that he can definitely hang with Goliath as far as some of these strength feats go because, because you know, he sets the Witch King of Angmar on fire by embedding a torch with a throw. Crazy. Another wild moment is when he was being uh, attacked by war riders who are like these giant kind of like canine beasties that the that the enemies are riding on. And he was able to grab a hold of one. He was being strangled by the driver as he's hanging off the side of the warg, and he's able to grab the guy, uh, the rider, throw him off, and then take command of the warg himself as he's getting choked out. He's a man who is not going to grip under pressure, and he's going to show insane strength feats. The last strength feat I want to talk about is one time there was a gap they needed to cross, and it was him and Gimli, and he just grabbed Gimli the dwarf, and we all know dwarves. They're stout. They weigh a lot. They're powerful. He grabbed Gimli and just chucked him over a 20-foot gap. As if it was nothing, he just threw a dwarf across and then turned around and then jumped the exact same gap as him and then he just threw it over. 
This strength feat is absolutely incredible. And that's not even getting into account all of his massive combat feats, which are going to come in just a little bit. But first off, I wanted to talk about the natural skills, and I think we've done so. So that's my point number one. Okay, listen, Aragorn is a great warrior, and that's putting it mildly. He's got great skill. I'd even put up the, him up there with, like, peak human, or at least close to peak human, but he's definitely not superhuman. He's definitely not... Uh, he's not more human. He's not more. He's not physically super durable, super strong. Which, by the way, just means that his skill is really great because that makes up for any deficiency he has going up against very you know strong opponents or multiple opponents or what have you. So I do agree with his skill. I think that's cool that you're saying that he's not going to lose track of a seven foot tall purple flying demon looking gargoyle that's coming right at him. I'm pretty sure he will, you know, he, he's not going to have that thing lose, you know, get out of his vision or whatever, but that's not going to really help when it's coming straight at him at, you know, however many hundreds of miles per hour. All that sounds great. Again, I'm just pushing back on the superhuman feats. That's not who he is or what he is. That doesn't take away from his high level of skill, but he doesn't have that durability the way you're talking about it or that strength. If he did, he wouldn't even need that armor he wears all the time. Just putting that out there. But he does, and thankfully he's got it. All right, let me get to my point number one. And there's a lot to unpack with Goliath, but I'm going to start with his physicality. Now, Goliath is a monster. He's the best kind of monster, but, but still a monster when it comes to physical ability. Goliath is what you get when you combine Beast from the X-Men, Hawkman from DC Comics, and Conan the Barbarian. When you look at Goliath, 6'10 or 7 feet, 400 pounds of him, you say to yourself, wow, that guy looks strong. But what's even scarier is that he's even stronger and more physically power powerful than he looks. So the baseline of all gar gargoyles is that they are somewhere between, I was reading this, five to ten times stronger than humans, right? That's their baseline. And Goliath is stated being, physically speaking, at least twice as powerful in all areas as your typical large gargoyle. That is an insanely powerful being. Goliath has enhanced senses, better vision, better hearing, better smell, I guess a better sense of taste, too, for that matter, than your human, than your average human being. That's, again, because of his, you know, gargoyle-like nature. So he's also going to be able to track Aragorn where he's going, see him, and do whatever he's got to do. Let's see. Let's talk about his strength. He's so strong that he can pick up a car and throw it. He's so strong that when he punches the ground, he can cause a small earthquake in the immediate area. He can tear through walls and easily tear through two feet of super thick steel. He punched through ice that was several feet thick. He can probably lift, it's been estimated, somewhere between 15 to 20 tons. That is an insanely powerful creature. He's also incredibly fast. He's fast enough to dodge bullets, dodge laser fire, arrows. Uh, he made this character named Macbeth that was that world's best uh, swordsman. He's like magic base. He made Macbeth miss with his sword thrusts and slashes when he got up and close and personal with the sword, that's what uh, how fast Goliath is. He's got superhuman endurance. He can fight for hours at his peak without getting tired. He's got wings, right? That enable him to fly. Well, it's actually they, they help him glide, and he can fly and, and glide. You know, super uh, agile with great reflexes. He can fly at super high speeds. Let's see. You know, Ray, you've said this before. Whoever can fly and you know has that aerial advantage is probably going to be winning this fight. That's the case for Goliath. Goliath can hit speeds of somewhere between three hundred to four hundred miles per hour. He's also a master of aerial combat and uses all these like, methods of flying to attack people on the ground. He's a master of that. Just like Ray Stacanus, Goliath has a tail. And Goliath's tail is fairly long, also super strong, can grab onto something or someone to immobilize them, and can be used as a whip or a club. It's like he has a third arm. He's also got super sharp and super strong claws that can easily tear through steel. By the way, Goliath's teeth and bite force are also superhuman. But where, Gol where Goliath really stands out, by the way, 
It's his durability. So Goliath tanked getting shot by a machine gun in the back from a Nazi fighter plane when he traveled back to World War II. He can take falls for hundreds of feet where he lands on jagged rocks. He's neither cut nor seriously hurt. That's crazy. He got hit in the back by an anti-aircraft cannon and tanked it. Let that sink in. He got hit by a cannon designed to take down large aircraft and tanked it. He's been hit by and tanked several lightning strikes at a time. Here's a fun fact. When Goliath gets enraged during battle, not only does he keep his intellect and wits about him, but all of his physicals increase even more. We saw that when Goliath's eyes would kind of light up. Well, that's when his like his strength would increase, his durability would increase. All of his physicals went up another level. That is crazy. Look, all said and done, I love Aragorn. Great character, awesome character, was magnificent in every version you can think of. But in this fight, he's in a lot of trouble with Goliath. That's my point number one. So you bring up some really good points and some stuff that I was fully expecting you to do. Now, first off, you just say he can dodge bullets, he can dodge this, he can dodge that. And then you give us a whole bunch of feats of when he got hit by stuff. So either he's either dodging it or he's tanking it. And if he's tanking it, that means that it's going to hurt him. I've seen a lot of feats of Goliath getting hit and then being able to shrug it off maybe uh, after a few seconds. Mm, we'll talk about what that means for him a little bit later on. Are you talking about him flying at like 400 miles per hour? No. I don't know where you're getting off with that. He's a glider. He says right on the show, I cannot fly. I can only glide on air currents, which also means that as far as taking off goes, getting in the air, he can only do it when he jumps off of something extremely high. So if the two of these characters are fighting on ground level, he's not flying anywhere. And even if he is, it's only at the speed of air currents. It's not how the gliding works. He was out. He was keeping up with a Nazi jet from World War II, which had an airspeed of 450 miles per hour. So it actually decreased his speed. And all he has to do, remember, he can jump super high. All he has to do is jump super high, and then he can start his gliding. He doesn't need to necessarily be off of something tall to start his gliding. All right. Yeah, with I'm going to take said, the words of Goliath on the show over the words of James Gabsey here. Sure, he glides very well. Now. <laughs> Luis, you've heard point number one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at with this battle so far? Oh, man. So I have, I ha yeah, I, I, I'm glad that Ray did bring up the fact that Goliath cannot fly. Although I will acknowledge that once he is in the air, he is a much more deadly creature. Um, because yes, like you said, he can keep up with a fighter jet that goes much faster than I. Well, he was just tailing it. It's just like drafting in NASCAR, isn't it? Where you get a little bit faster speed because you're riding an air current behind a soaring jet. I mean, I mean but there's if not going to be a soaring could, jet in the air here. He was in front of the plane. <laughs> I mean, if you could tail oh, so a Lamborghini on the ground at the same speed, I mean, you you keep up with it. I think that's still pretty impressive, right? I think I so. Know, that's, I'd be terrified of the guy who could keep up with Lamborghini going at least 60, right? But I do want to make a point to something that you said, James. Aragorn is not full human. He is technically probably roughly 30 to 20% elven. Mm. Uh, he has an ancestor uh, in the Numenorean Elros, who is a half-elven male who, though, decided to live with the humans in his later life. Um, he does have elven blood, and as we know, elves in Lord of the Rings can range from, like, being really talented, skilled fighters to being almost godlike, terrifying creatures. So I think where I'm at right now 
Goliath isn't necessarily a skilled combatant, right? He's not he's not technically skilled in that way. Well, he's I'll, good. I'll push back on that in my point number two, but please okay. continue. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. He's he's a skilled fighter and he's definitely taken on against people who are very, very skilled fighters. Um but the people who technically end up beating his butt are are guys like Th- Thanatos who who uses any number of millions of dollars that he has that day to create a machine that looks exactly like him and kicks his butt. Uh <laughs> but Aragorn, uh, while being very fleshy and probably easy to stab, is is a very skilled fighter. And so I feel like where these two are going to meet in the middle is Goliath is this almost impregnable, almost indestructible creature, um, save for when he's asleep during the day, right, and made of stone. And Aragorn is this very fleshy but hard to hit, extremely talented fighter who's got a little bit of an edge because he's got some elven blood in him. Mm. Um, And I think that makes them very equal. As of right now, um, I'm not seeing it lean one way or the other. So I think point two will help me kind of l- start making a decision. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Good points. As usual, it's good that Luis is here to clarify things that Ray says. I appreciate that. All right, Ray. <laughs> let's see what you got. Here's your point number two. You know, I mean, you brought up the Elvis, but that was going to be my point number three, uh, Luis. Stop, stop stepping on my arguments before I'm I get sorry. there. I'm sorry. It's a lot of my goodness. And I was going to say it. So it's not like uh, anything weird's happening. But I I do have some statements on that. But we'll get there in point number three. Let's talk about point number two, which are his physical feats and his combat abilities. Because the thing we know about Aragorn is he is a master swordsman. And he uses all manner of weapons, daggers, swords, pole arms, javelins. He's taken out very, very large trolls. And I have to believe that these trolls are roughly the same size, if not bigger and stronger then Goliath, you know, Goliath is listed as 6'10", and these trolls look like they got to be, what, 8, 9, 10 feet tall? So if you could take out those guys and, and battle them, as I'll explain in just a moment, you can handle the strength of Goliath because he's actually smaller than things you've beaten before. He's also a master archer. Goliath, to my knowledge, doesn't have a whole heck of a lot in the way of long-range capabilities, But being an expert ranger, an expert marksman, and master archer, he's able to use a bow and shoot arrows with a very, very high velocity, and he also can do that at short range as well as long range. And if a guy is just gliding through the air currents, he can pull out a bow and he can wail on him a whole bunch, turn him into a pincushion before he even gets down to the ground. And let's talk about some of the fighting skill. Because uh, Goliath is not a very... He's not a very... um, complicated fighter. Aragorn is. Aragorn's been trained by the masters for for literal decades and decades. Goliath just uses brute strength and just tries to, you know, go full punchy on everybody in front of him. But uh, Aragorn beat several Urukai orcs at the exact same time. We all know the Urukai are the elite orcs, bigger, faster, stronger, better skilled, and better armored. He also killed Lurtz, the leader of the Urukai, in one-on-one combat. And an important distinction here that was established in that fight is that Lurtz was the bigger, stronger opponent in that battle. And Aragorn, despite getting knocked around a little bit, was able to use his sword play to win the day, use his sword, use his skill to take out a bigger, stronger opponent. Very important. In fact, he once fought five Nazgul at the same time, including the Witch King of Angmar, who is, he's the boss. He once, he shatters defenses with his flail. Somebody tried to put up their, you know, their shield or whatever, and he just literally just destroyed it with one hit. You can't stop the Witch King. Oh, wait. Aragorn did with four of his friends and routed them in that battle. 
We can also talk about some of the big trolls that he's fought because, again, the trolls and Goliath have a lot in common. He took a spear and wedged it into a cave troll and was able to cause him pain, was able to pierce that skin, was able to push and hold him back in that battle against a savage cave troll. And he fought uh, at what, uh, what they call it, attack trolls. It's the troll that wears the armor with the sword. And there's a wonderful fight scene that shows one of them basically coming right at Aragorn. And despite the fact that he is monstrously stronger with you know a sword and with armor, Aragorn's able to use his skill and hang with him in a duel. They're able to fight back and forth with the swords and he's able to dodge out of the way, you know, push aside the blows instead of taking them. And this attack troll is a guy who literally walked out the door, backhanded a dude and sent him flying across the room. Aragorn was able to hang with that guy in one-on-one combat despite the obvious size. And let's face it, Aragorn kills trolls. Aragorn kills monsters. This is what Aragorn does. Master Ranger, seen it all, fought denizens of evil and overcomes bigger, stronger characters than himself, such as Lurtz. All this together shows why Goliath, with his very non-complicated fighting ability, is no match for the highly skilled Ranger, and that's my point number two. I think your point number two should be, show me that you don't know that much about Goliath, or tell me you don't know that much about Goliath without telling me you don't know that much about Goliath. Because what you said was so incredibly wrong, so incredibly inaccurate, that I'm actually going to kind of talk all about that in my point number two. Look, Goliath is, you know, a magically fueled creature, right? That's why he's much stronger, much more durable than even his size would kind of lead you to believe that he would be. It's like seeing a bear, a grizzly bear. Like that thing is huge. It's strong. But all of a sudden it's picking up something that it has no business picking up because it's so huge or being able to tank attacks that it really shouldn't be able to tank. And yet it can. That is why Goliath is a different animal. If you look at Goliath and just say, I think it can only do X, Y, Z, you'll be horribly underestimating what Goliath can do. That's going to be a problem this. Uh, listen, arrows are great. I can't take away the fact that Aragorn, Aragorn is accurate with his arrows. But again, Goliath has tanked stuff from other people who have been very accurate with their weaponry as well. Again, this is someone who tanked an anti-aircraft uh, cannon. So arrows are great. That's good. That's cool. But that's not going to do the same amount of damage as close as to what Goliath has already tanked uh, in previous battles. All right, let me get to my point number two. Let's talk about the intellect, the fighting ability, and some of the accomplishments Goliath has. Now, again, one of the surprising things about Goliath is just how smart he is. Now, in MMA and combat sports, there's something called fight IQ, which is the ability to make uh, you know, the correct decisions within a fight at the right time, you know, tactical or strategic decisions in nature at the right moment, at the right, you know, with good timing and everything. And Goliath's fight IQ is really off the charts. He knows how to take on all types of opponents, and that's because he's extremely smart and quick thinking. He's trying to find the best path to success, which means if he has to lay off the power or the attacks or the physicality and use some other type of strategy, he absolutely will, which absolutely brings someone's guard down because they're so surprised that he'll use a strategy to kind of take them out as opposed to just this animalistic beast-like power that he clearly has. He's also a master diplomat. This is interesting. He can make opponents stop fighting by making them realize that either the fight is already lost or that Goliath doesn't want to hurt them any further or that they are better served siding with him. Uh, he, He has a track record within Gargoyles, the entire series, where almost all of his horrible, you know, mortal enemies 
kind of become his allies after a while because he say he sees what they're after and he does talk to them during the fight. And this has happened on one on the first encounter with people he's fought before. Could happen here. Uh, listen, he uses words as if they were weapons and shields. It's really cool. When it comes to weapons, by the way, Goliath is a master at disarming people with weapons and then using the weapons themselves, which he's just disarmed. There's a character named Macbeth. I mentioned before. Now, Macbeth is an immortal. Think of Highlander with way more training. He's lived for over a thousand years and all he's done is train and become more and more of that ultimate warrior type of thing. And he's the greatest swordsman of all time. He took on Goliath in a fight. What did Goliath do? He was able to make him, you know, dodge all of his swings, all his strikes, and take him out and actually disarm him, disarm his sword that, that Macbeth was using. That's how good of a fighter he is. In fact, Goliath is being, let's talk about this before, we talked about Xanatos. Now, Xanatos is the main villain that we're introduced to at the beginning of the, the uh, Gargoyle series. And he's based off of Tony Stark. And Luis, you mentioned this before, Xanatos uses his billions to make these technological weapons, even magical weapons, clones, the whole thing. And this one episode, Xanatos, you know, again, based off Tony Stark at the time, makes this Iron Man type of armor that looks like a Goliath, but in like battle armor with all these weapons, everything you can think of, computer systems, whatever it is, he's got it. And of course, Goliath figured out a way to beat Xanatos wearing that armor. He was able to destroy super powerful robot versions of himself who are armed with lasers and advanced weaponry, also made by Xanatos. He destroyed a super powerful alien who was trying to capture him. That's right. He destroyed aliens trying to capture him. That's insane. He bait a creature named Thalog, which is Goliath backwards, is an evil clone version of himself who is just as smart, just as powerful, but just way more vicious. How? Because he uses uh, strategy and tactics, his fight IQ. During one noble uh, battle, Goliath was able to outsmart and outwit a character named Oberon, who is an all-powerful godlike being in the Gargoyles universe who can literally do anything. And that's after taking him on in a fight where he was vastly you know, overpowered, clearly. But he hung in there, was able to talk to him and talk Oberon down. And Oberon was so impressed that he proclaimed that Goliath <laughs> was now immune to magic. That's pretty cool. So right now, Goliath in the Gargoyles universe is immune to magic. Pretty cool thing right now. And Goliath has a track record of making his opponents, again, his allies, I've mentioned about that before. So what am I trying to say with all this? Even though Aragorn, has had many years of fighting experience, fighting against orcs, other creatures, warriors from the realms. He hasn't quite fought anyone with the power, the flight, the abilities, the fight IQ, the intelligence of Goliath. I mean, he really hasn't. Goliath is the one warrior that can put everything together in such a way that he's defeated immortal warriors, tech-based opponents, aliens, he even clothed himself, and even dealt with gods. That's a slightly wider breadth of opponents that Aragorn has taken on, never mind tried to defeat, and that's with all due respect to the awesomeness of Aragorn. That's my point number two. No, nah, come on, James. You're, you're saying a little bit of nonsense mixed with a little bit of malarkey. Uh, you know, a few things I want to talk about right here. You know, you talk about what a great leader he is, what a great strategist, what a great everything. You know, when he had his chance to lead the Wyvern clan back in medieval Scotland, it only took a few years and their entire crew got wiped out and then a magic spell cast on them, which caused them to miss a thousand years. So maybe he's not quite the great leader that he likes to pretend that he is. And we all know he has a very short temper. You mentioned it in your point number one. Uh, when he loses the temper, his eyes start glowing and his tactics Tactics go absolutely downhill. I've watched fight scene after fight scene. He starts getting annoyed. He starts getting enraged. He loses his temper. And all he does is sort of walk slowly towards his opponent, raise his hands in the air, and try to grab him and tear him in, in half. Uh, 
This is not the kind of high tactic uh, combat strategy you're talking about. And is your is your actual point going to be that he's going to make friends with him? This is who would win in a fight, James. We've been over this before. Not who would win in a battle of I'm going to make you my friend through conversation. How many monsters in the Lord of the Rings movie, how many cave trolls did Aragorn come across that he actually said, you know what? I'm going to hang out with this guy instead. Zero. Aragorn kills monsters. Goliath is a monster. So two things. I think you're projecting that you don't have a lot of friends, which is a shame, Ray. And secondly, Aragorn did talk to that whole army of the undead, those ghosts at the end of the third movie, didn't he? They were related to him. What are you talking about? They were not right. loose monsters. But they, he had to talk to them and convince them. I'm just saying talking. Aragorn's a great leader, too. But you got to talk to kind of convince an army to come to your side when they're not with you. This is something Aragorn does, and uh, uh, Goliath is a master of. Now, if I remember right, said, he just told the army of the dead, y'all owe me one. And they were like, we do. And then they just wiped everybody out. It was great. Great scene. Great movie. I mean, that dialogue is classic. Word for word correct. That is not what happened whatsoever. Now. Lifted from Tolkien. Yeah. We are at the turning point. But before we get to what Luis has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today, we have a patron that we've done on the show before, and uh, he uh, had a trouble with his billing cycle. He got it fixed, and I want to reward him for fixing his mistake. Nathan Fair, you're back in the hot seat. Ooh, interesting. All right, Nathan, 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 you need an opponent who is going to be a little bit different, a little bit off the beaten path. Let's go with Nathan versus the Ghostbusters. Nathan Fair versus the Ghostbusters. Now, this is great because, you know, the Ghostbusters show up at the building of this fancy hotel in the middle of New York City saying, there's a ghost in here. And they go in, proton packs ready to go with the whole crew. They're looking to shoot up chandeliers and take out fancy trays, but they're not finding any ghosts. They're looking around. They go floor to floor, elevators, basement, boiler room, roof. They cannot find any ghosts. And then they're about to leave the building. They're there in the front lobby. They're talking to the manager being like, you know, we ain't scared of no ghosts, but y'all ain't got no ghosts to be scared of. At which point Nathan Fair appears completely like as if he teleported behind the Ghostbusters and he goes, y'all should be scared of me. And he takes all four of their heads, three Stooges style, cracks them all together from behind because he's not a ghost. They were not able to discover, find, or defeat him. And at the end of the day, Nathan Fair uses a three Stooges move, bunk, 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 knocks them all unconscious. Nathan Fair, you just beat the Ghostbusters. You know, leave it to Nathan Fair to find the one weakness of the Ghostbusters, which is an opponent that's not a ghost. Yes. D- that all, that deep, all tracks. Deep problem. Yeah. And that slapstick comedy as well. Yeah. You know? Crazy. Yeah. Can't, can't uh, beat him. Congratulations, Nathan. Now, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Luis, again, we're at the turning point. You've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead right now, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? Oh, man. so I had so much to ponder. First of all, Ray, I'll be your friend, buddy. It's okay. Will Second you know? of all, really? I'll try. Thank I'll you, try. Luis. I'll Thank do my you. best. 
<laughs> and then as for the points that were made, you know, you, uh, uh, James, you really kind of sold me. Now, I, I don't, I want to, I don't want to say that I'm fully, fully in in the Goliath camp yet. Um, I have a lot of love for these two gentlemen. I think they are two of the best leaders across any universe. I think they are two of the best fighters, um, two of the most noble and like interesting characters who have this incredible arc where they go from not really caring about anything to being the best possible version of of uh, their representative of their personal race and, and being right. If we if we look at like ideal humans, we look at Aragorn. If we look at ideal gargoyles, there's not a lot to look at, but Goliath is, is really up there. But one thing that Ray really hammered on in his points was that Aragorn is a monster slayer. And that was kind of where I was going as well. But when you think about the monsters that Aragorns have to fought, had to fight, that's the right word. That's the right verbiage. They're, 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 they're not the most smart, the most intelligent, are they? Cave trolls, I don't think, are known for their skill at arithmetic or even bathing themselves, really. And, and, and that could be said, you know, the Nazgul are very intellectual, at least as far as we know their motives mm-hmm. to be. Uh, do ghostly stuff. We haven't seen Aragorn really face off against an enemy that I think is equal to him until, you know, much later in the movie, much later in the series. And in most of those fights, it is much more of a struggle for him when he fought, when he meets somebody that's on equal footing, as skilled as a combatant as he is, as, as well as as intelligent as he is. And again, considering, even though I don't believe that, Gar- that Goliath is a very martial combatant. I do believe he has the durability and the, the powers and and the and the, the mental acuity to maybe eke out a win on top, though right now I feel like it would be a very slight win. I feel like Aragorn would be right there. But uh, I, I guess I'll wait for Rey to convince me otherwise. But yeah, it's, it's looking tough for Aragorn, man. Son of Arathorn. Well, I gotta tell you, I don't feel comfortable right now, even with a slight lead, uh, the slightest of leads, if we will, because oh, yeah. Aragorn is yeah. is Aragorn. I mean, icon of icons. This is yeah. this is someone you can never count out. Luckily, he's being rep by Ray, so that's his one true weakness. Uh, Ray, this is your chance for a knockout shot. Hit us with your point number three. Point number three. Let's just talk about the fact that Aragorn is not just some guy. He's not just some monster hunter. He is the literal chosen one of Middle-earth. We know we have mentioned before, and I was going to wait to say it here, Luis, he has some elvish blood in him. Now, it's been theorized that uh, he had some elvish ancestors. We don't know exactly how many, but as far as the ones we know about, means that he goes back about 65 generations. So it's really only about 1% elvish blood, unless there's a lot of other elves that married in and got involved along the way. But we don't know that that necessarily happened. So he has some elvish blood, but not a whole heck of a lot of it. But growing up among the elves, allowed him certain traits and abilities. Um, He's not really relying on the elvish blood too very much because in the story of, of Fellowship of the Ring, he's 87 years old. He is 87 years old. He looks like he's 30. And in the storyline, he lived to the age of 210. Now, it is said that gargoyles live about twice as long as an average human, which means they live to what? Less than 210? That means I would make the argument that as far as durability goes, as far as bodies that Goliath is not quite as durable as Aragorn just based on lifespan alone. And he was the leader of all of Middle-earth. He ruled two kingdoms. Uh, you know, Goliath had trouble ruling like five dudes or, and a lady uh, who, who spent half their day as stone on a building. 
You know, the other thing about Aragorn that I don't think Goliath can match up with is his willpower. Aragorn is a character of intense willpower known across all of the lands. If you put the struggle, if you put the battle in front of Aragorn, he always finds the will to win. We haven't always seen that with Goliath, who sometimes makes tactical decisions uh, that would cost him in battles. But when Aragorn goes in against a monster, nothing stops him. And I think that's a very, very important thing. And you talked about he hasn't fought nearly the five Nazgul at the same time. Do you not know these? They'd ride giant flying, you know, hairless dragons around or whatever they're called. You know, he's fought a very, very high caliber of opponent. I will not be hearing that slander. He's also, when I talked about the willpower, he's one of the few characters that was able to resist the temptation of the ring. He was hit. Boromir couldn't do it. We all know Golem couldn't do it. Well, Aragorn could because as a true leader, he understood his limitations and he was able to say, no, thank you. That is not for me. And let's talk about his sword for just a moment, because you talked about some sort of weird magic doesn't work on Goliath. Well, Oberon's magic doesn't work on Goliath. And even then his magic doesn't work directly on Goliath. He can still do indirect things, which can hurt uh, Goliath along the way, but that's just his own magic. It's not so much anybody else's because Aragorn has a magic sword. Now, the original sword was called Narsil. It's compared to King Arthur's Excalibur as far as potency goes. One of the most powerful magic swords in all of literature, I'm sure we all know. Well, that's the sword that cut the fingers off of the very powerful Sauron and took the ring off of it. So when Sauron was at the height of his powers, this sword took him down. And if you can cut up pieces off of Sauron in that moment, you can take chunks out of Goliath. I have no doubt in my mind. Well, that sword broke as we all know. The broken shards were then reforged into Anduril, uh, which is the which is the sword that Aragorn works with. So he's literally working with basically the exact same sword. And the other way I think that he has a very good chance in this battle is not so much to actually uh, take down Goliath, which I think he absolutely would do, because there's a huge flaw with gargoyles. During the daytime, no matter where they are, they turn back into stone again, which means that all Aragorn has to do is run out the clock on Goliath. If Goliath can't actually defeat Aragorn, which given his skill and the fact that Aragorn once tracked Urukai for three days and nights straight with no sleep and no food, he has the endurance to match easily the amount of time it would take to just wait till it's daytime. And then Goliath turns into a stone gargoyle and then Aragorn walks away safely. So the question isn't necessarily, you know, who's going to go up against it is, can Goliath defeat Aragorn in enough time before he has to either retreat because he's going to become a statue or he becomes a statue right there on the battlefield? And I don't think the answer to that question is yes. I think Aragorn wins this battle either outright or running out the clock. That's my point number three. This is one of the most ridiculous things you've ever said. I, I actually love it. That's how ridiculous it is. Okay, so in the, you know, at the beginning of the show, I talked about how there was one instance I found on Google of Aragorn versus Goliath, and this same argument came up, and it was so great. The rebuttal was, Aragorn has no previous knowledge of Goliath. He has no idea that Goliath turns to stone during the day, and in a random encounter, you're assuming that Aragorn has all of their great capabilities, Goliath has all their capabilities, and this fight's not going for 8 hours or 12 hours, and if it does, Aragorn's getting tired, Goliath is staying fresh for many, many hours throughout this whole thing. He has no disagree. idea disagree that completely. Goliath is going to happen. You can disagree all you want, but we have both know that's the case. He doesn't need to know about it, James. It's going to happen. All he has to do is that he has the endurance. I just showed you with his how ability many, many, to go off 
three straight days and nights without food or sleep. Sure. How many times during the movie in a battle has he like made it last three days in the films? Just wondering. That's right. No, because okay. he's going to defeat Goliath a heck of a lot faster than that. There's a lot to push back on that. But what I'm going to do is kind of just get to my point number three and talk about a few things. And I hate what I'm about to do because as a character, Aragorn is so incredible. And I hate putting them in these types of battles, but I don't have a choice. I got to do it for Goliath. So let's talk about the weaknesses, my point number three, of Aragorn. They're not so much weaknesses. They're just things that he's not... I just wish he was stronger at or in. So first of all, he's got that, I'd say, slightly above human-esque level of durability, speed, and strength. We talked about before. Slightly above, but not crazy. He's definitely tough. He's a world-class warrior. But at the end of the day, he's not tanking lightning, falling onto rocks from hundreds of feet in the air or anti-aircraft guns. Here's the thing. This guy takes damage. If he takes damage, he's going to get hurt despite the armor he's got on. And if anyone can deliver insane levels of punishment and damage, it's super strong Goliath. All right, the second one. He has a very hard time against a certain type of opponent. Luis, you mentioned this before. In a number of instances throughout the three films, the Lord of the Ring uh, franchise, the, the first three films, we've seen Aragon struggle. Sometimes he overcomes, but he struggles and sometimes even gets pinned down by an opponent who's big, super strong, super durable and can move somewhat fast. Uh, listen, this is something where we saw every time he faced off against someone, Aragon got pinned, thrown through the air, smashed in trees, other drops. He had major problems with opponents who were much more powerful than him. And sometimes, I hate to say this, he needed someone to come in for the save where he actually got pinned and was held helpless by a stronger, larger opponent. Uh, the third one is, and this is kind of funny, he doesn't always wear a helmet. That's something that's kind of interesting. Goliath is definitely going to go for the head if he sees that's the quickest way to victory. Uh, this is an important point because even though Gargoyles was a Disney cartoon in the 90s, characters were still killed, some horribly. There was blood, gunplay, death. That was just in the opening credits, by the way. If Goliath felt the need to absolutely tear someone apart, then he would absolutely tear them apart. That was definitely communicated in this Disney series in the 90s, which, by the way, is why it's so awesome. Now, on top of all that, Aragorn is really at his best when he's fighting with and against an army. I mean, that's when he shines, when he's in the middle of this huge battlefield and he's got an army with him. He's facing off against another army. This is a one-on-one -on -one battle, one-on-one. -on -one. And Goliath, by the way, he can fight in large groups, but wow, he specializes in one-on-one -on -one battles. So this type of battle, the who would win fight, actually favors slightly Goliath in terms of preferred fighting uh, circumstances. So this is how I see the fight going. The two face off. Aragorn draws his sword. Goliath readies himself for a battle because he knows it's coming. Aragorn rushes Goliath and expertly attacks with his sword. Goliath is immediately impressed and instantly sees and respects Aragorn's skills as a warrior. This guy is awesome. So Goliath dodges Aragorn's sword, takes to the sky, getting out of range. Like so he could jump up in the air, jump on a tree, whatever it is. He gets to the sky. He swoops down at Aragorn at high speeds and hits him with insane velocity. Aragorn is sent flying backwards hard against a large tree. This has happened many times. He's already hurt. He digs deep and attacks Goliath even more ferociously than before because that's how awesome Aragorn is and he actually catches the huge gargoyle by surprise, cuts him with a sword and draws some blood. Now enraged but recognizing what has to be done, Goliath swiftly attacks, he smashes Aragorn again and again, pile drives him into the ground rips apart his armor and just as what happened for many times during Lord of the Rings Aragorn is pinned to the ground Aragorn, while engaging Goliath verbally, I actually wrote this out like almost like a script, suddenly takes out his dagger and thrusts it at Goliath's midsection. 
only to have his arm caught by Goliath's tail. We keep forgetting about that. Now completely helpless, Goliath looks at Aragorn and says, you and I are both noble warriors. Perhaps we should end this fighting and see how we can help each other. The alternative does not look good for you, my friend, and I make a far better ally than enemy. Aragorn, seeing he has no other alternative and thankful that Goliath is one of the good guys, sees a use for him in fighting whatever cause he's fighting for, accepts his terms, and stops fighting. Look, in the end, Goliath, I don't think, is going to kill Aragorn, but it has happened with all of Goliath's enemies. They either are defeated, messed up, or they become allies. One of those things happening today. That's why Aragorn loses. That's why Goliath wins. That's my point number three. That is absolutely pathetic. You know, you know James Gavsey feels like he doesn't have a winning horse in the race when he has to go to the well of, oh, we'll just be friends instead of actually fighting, James. The rules of the who would win battle are these two characters are fighting. You know, it, it's happened before, and, and we've already been talking about this behind the scenes with your wild Santa Claus versus Galactus uh, argument that uh, uh, talking about it and becoming friends afterwards is not on the table for characters in season four. Luis, strict that awful, awful interpretation. Uh, James is trying to cheat again, and I'm striking not going to Striking the fan fiction, striking him. the fan fiction. Thank Here's you. The thing. Strike the Here- fan fiction. Here's the thing, you know, whenever you have two opponents that are about to go at it, there's going to be a lot of respect between Aragorn and Goliath, immediately. We can all see that. And at the end of the day, Goliath is not going to be seeing, like, a reason why I need to kill this person, especially a noble warrior. There's something good, and I can sense it. Let's, you know, I'll make him stop. I'll make him, like, give up or make him stop fighting, whatever it is. But then we should become allies and take on the greater evil that we both need to fight. You know, that is something they would both do in a heartbeat. This was my rebuttal, James Gavsey. You just had 28 minutes to talk and you're cutting me. Why is James cutting me off? Because he knows he's got a losing battle in his face right now. Now, I'm going to actually do my rebuttal now. If James could kindly shut his mouth and show some respect. Now, what I will say is Aragorn is the true leader of Gondor, the true leader of all of Middle-earth, and and people respect him as such. Why? Because when Goliath had his chance to lead his people, he ended up getting them turned to stone for a thousand years. He's not a good leader at the end of the day. He could barely keep track of the five people on his team in Manhattan. Uh, David Xanatos outsmarts him every single time they face and Goliath is, is while well, he has strength on his size and some endurance, sure, he does not have the type of willpower that it takes to not be turned to stone for a thousand years. Aragorn does. Aragorn was able to get it done. The willpower angle, I think, is huge. The monster hunting angle, I think, is huge. And a magic sword that can cut off the fingers of Sauron at the height of his powers is enough to plunge into the heart of Goliath. And you heard James say, Goliath is going to waste a lot of time talking. He's going to waste a lot of time talking. Aragorn ain't going to mess around with that. Aragorn kills monsters. He doesn't talk to them. (sighs) Whenever Ray raises his voice, we're in for a fun time. All right, Luis, you've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. Now it's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Aragorn and Goliath. Oh, man. I love when Ray does his voice. And I also loved the fan fiction. That was fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful final arguments, gentlemen. Okay. So I have to agree with something that James said. I, I think 
at the end of the day, if we were to see these two characters fight, again, they're the best of the best of the best, um, both from a moral compass as well as from just fighters and, and, and strength, they, they would pro- totally be homies. There would be no, no doubt in my mind that they would be friends. They would maybe get through half of a really intense battle before realizing, oh, wait, we're not, okay, all right, cool, and probably hang out after that, maybe get some shawarma. But because this is who would win, Somebody's got to win. And going through my notes, um, I've got a lot of things written down here. The boons that I've got for Goliath is that he's noble. He's a natural leader. Uh, he is a gargoyle. It's not human, so that's already d- 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 just a bonus. Uh, dating the most attractive person in the series, not, Im- not really important, but just something I wanted to personally note. Uh, <laughs> voiced by Keith David. That is a boon in and of itself. If he was voiced yes. by anybody else, he would be a less effective creature. Uh, glides, and he's got this incredible durability both against magical and man-made weapons. Claws that can break through stone and metal, super strong. He- he's fought against some of the best fighters in his collective universe, including people like Oberon who are, who are skilled old magicians who use spells not that just pack a wallet but also mostly attack his 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 mental state which he again talking about shows of will right he he battles against uh and and typically even even if temporarily put on the back foot he will always gain the the upper hand and then looking at his weaknesses you know he does turn to stone at day uh kind of a you know, he's he's effective for twelve hours, and that's really all we got with him. And that's you know that's that's definitely uh, an important thing to note. Um, and 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 while he can glide, he cannot fly. Um, he is too heavy. He's he's too bi- he's too girthy and thick of a boy. Um, but Aragorn <laughs> has a lot of the same has a lot of the same hey. traits. Noble, natural leader. Uh, he is also not fully fully human, even if the, that one percent matters, right? Even just being raised around some of the best fighters in Middle Earth. I mean, you would pick stuff up and become an unnatural. You know a natural fighter just by fighting with those people because you'd have to overperform 90% of the human race at that point, right? Just to compete. He is also dating the most attractive person in the series. Again, something I wanted to note. Movie version, book version, any version. She's great. He does live longer than most humans. We don't know how long his his age may go, um, but he is not functionally immortal. Um, something that I will come back to because I think there was something that James said that I really latched onto that I, I, I will use to make my final point and decision here. Uh, he's got great handle animal skills. He's a ranger. Uh, sounds like he's got a great 5e build going for him. And, and, and to that, I do want to bring up, because I've played so many years of D&D. This is something I could stat out on, on, a, on a weeknight with a, with a stiff drink. And man, it would be so fun to sit here and, and, and watch this absolutely insane level 20 ranger go up against this CR 20 beastie and, and just duke it out. Um, but there was something that James said when he was talking about Goliath's natural enemies, the people that have hunted Goliath is not just now present day New York, right? But his entire existence, Macbeth, Macbeth is equally as skilled of a fighter as Aragorn. He doesn't have a magic sword. That's unfortunate. But he's had an entire, what, what, thousand years maybe? At least 500, solid 500 at least, to become a a, a ruthless, malicious, skilled fighter. He has spent decades and, and millennia at this point upping his skill and making himself the most deadly human being on the planet. And every single time he faces off against Goliath, he gets put in the corner like a child throwing a tantrum. It is ridiculous. And and while Aragorn 
is this incredibly skilled fighter with this magical sword, Anduril or 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 Narsil, um, which you know at one point shone so bright uh, uh, with the power of the moon that it frightened the thousands of orcs that it was it was coming towards to slay. I just don't think in he the would books, be, in the books, in the books, in the books. I don't think he would be able to eke out a win. And here's my reason: because though Anduril is a very powerful magical weapon. Man, I play a lot of D and D, and I know a uh, I know a, a masterwork sword of of evil's bane from sight. And Goliath is not an evil creature. He's not an evil monster. He is probably one of the most good people. I, I would say he's probably even like more on the good aligned side than Eliza, because Eliza's a cop. She does some shady stuff sometimes. So when we're talking about this this monster slayer versus a functional monster who has had his entire life to to prepare and fight against the best that humanity's had to offer him and continued and continuously shown that he is um, a, a cut above them. So in the end, the winner is? Goliath. It's Goliath. Absolutely not. That's atrocious. And there you have it, ladies atrocious, and gentlemen. Luis. Luis, I gotta atrocious. tell you, you, you are amazing. We, we, the fact that you could see through what Ray was trying to put out there and understand that nothing against Aragorn, but Goliath is just simply it's is Goliath is like Aragorn plus point one. Yeah. If you will, it's slight. Mm-hmm. There's a slight edge, but it's still there. I got to agree hundred percent with your decision. Ray Sicanus, How do you feel right now? I mean, I'm going to have to go back and look at this episode to learn where the intoxicating mind fog happened because literally Aragorn <laughs> does all the things that defeat characters exactly like Goliath and he does it movie after movie after movie, often several at the same time. And yet we have Luis here at the end of the episode saying, yeah, but Goliath is a monster. Well, yeah, that's why he would lose this battle. <laughs> what are we even talking about right now? He's never faced a sword to what you even said in your in your defense of that your was broken when we first met it. He's never fought a character with a sword like that. That could break when stomped on by Sauron. Just a, just yeah, a, by Sauron. You know I mean, that whole uh, Lord Host, uh, evil overlord of magical minions. Not Goliath, uh, uh, a guy with a belt buckle the size of Connecticut. What are we talking about right now? Ray, that's what he would to, use to deflect it. That's exactly it. Ray, I'm going to have to cut you off right there. Cutting Off Ray is brought to you by Comixology. Comixology, your one-stop shop for every digital comic you can think of. Someone talking and complaining too much after losing in an episode of Who Would Win? Cut them off by going to Comixology.com. Ray oh, Sicanis. I know. You were awesome. Ray Sicanis, you brought great arguments. I was very worried before the, the match actually started. Then when you started with your first point, I was actually quite confident. Luis. Thank yes. you for being an amazing judge on the Who Would Win show. You have made up for that travesty of an episode of Thanos versus Darkseid. You have more oh, than man. made up for that. You are now that like my, my favorite person in the whole world for the next five minutes. That's how great you are. With that being said, please tell everyone where they can find you online. Oh, man. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Luis Bermudez, VO, uh, not .com. That is my website. You can do either of those. Those both exist. And they're the same almost functionally. You can type them out. Love it. All right. We will absolutely look for that. And by the way, congratulations again with all your success. Oh, thanks, uh, I know you're saying you're lucky. I know you're humble. But the, the reality is Ray and I both said this. You're just that that good. We're oh, just going to leave it that right there. I appreciate um, it. Ray, again, you did a great job repping your character. You had two great weeks, two great victories. You came up a little short right now. But I still think you did really well. And this is not a lie. I actually do think you did great with the character. Tell our listeners where they can find you online. 
In the 1986 World Series, the Boston Red Sox (laughs) were right on the precipice of getting their first World Series title against the New York Mets. Oh, boy. And they left in an incompetently defensive uh, player at first base named Bill Buckner. And when what could have been a put-away late-inning ground ball to first base, which could have potentially helped win the series for the Sox... Bill Buckner dropped the ball leading to the Mets' victory in Game 6 and then ultimately the series in Game 7. That being said, I've not seen a ball get dropped so heavily until (laughs) Luis Bermudez today. Okay, that's the point. I thought I was having a stroke. All right, go ahead. Drop the ball (laughs) listening to my superior arguments with my superior character and much like Buckner went whoop right between his legs and there went Goliath, the person who has no business hanging in a fight with Aragorn, much less actually defeating him. Luis, you did great last time you were on the show. (laughs) I'm going to have some things to say to you in the third degree on Patreon a little bit later on. But sure. from this point forward, you are Bill Buckner to me. Oh boy! Anyone you else? You can find pennies? me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. It smells like but toast isn't, a little bit. Isn't isn't like in this analogy? Wouldn't Ray be Bill Buckner? I like feel he like had the, he was leading the argument. I would be all the Boston Red Sox that had the lead going into that play until somebody else let me down. In this case, it was the unfortunate, unfortunate Luis Bermudez. Star of one of my favorite shows of all time, Lupin the Third, which makes this hurt a little bit more. Oh, buddy. Would you be It'll more be like okay. the Brooklyn Brawler, Ray? Of the never mind. Okay. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gaz. You remember to join the official Woodwind Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and a little thing called TikTok at Who Would yeah. Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You gotta sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.